Welcome to Germany versus USA. Jim, how was Portland? It was hot. Everything is always so hot. I feel like I'm oh, you're always asking me how things are. I'm like, it was very hot. I was very sweaty. And maybe it's just because at this point in my life, I've just become a sweaty man. I don't know. It could be that. It could be the fact it was 110, 112 degrees. <laughs> okay, Fahrenheit. that is pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with this insane heat wave. Uh, but other than the insane heat wave, it was really hot and humid. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, 110 is really high. That's like 42 or whatever, 43 in Celsius. Uh, one thing that I have to stop or disagree with is I want to refer to a story where Jim slept at my parents' house when, when we were, you know, back, we were like 20 years old, 19 years or whatever. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so um, we spent some time in my, in my little home village. And um, before we had worked and for the office, we had bought uh, two air conditioners, like mobile air conditioner units. <laughs> and actually, um, so of course, the, the room that Jim slept in, we, we attached or we um, installed the, uh, the air conditioning system in there. So Jim could have it cool when he was sleeping. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't in the hot summer. It was like in mid-September or around this time of year, perhaps even a little later. And I remember like one, one, one time, so the lowest uh, degree that you could put the thermostat on, on the, on the, on the air conditioner was like 16 Celsius. So that's like, it's like 60 or something. Yeah. It's around 62 or I think, I guess. So at Fahrenheit. So in one morning I get into the room where Jim sleeps and <laughs> Jim had, of course, had like the air conditioner blown down to like as cold as possible. And it was freezing cold because the out, outside temperature had actually dropped to around 10 degrees celsius so, so you could just i just saw like jim like shivering literally shivering in his bed and be like oh it's fucking awesome <laughs> i'm so happy so oh. and, and speaking of 16 degrees celsius i'll get into portland in a second if you are american listening because i think only americans would need this you take 16 degrees times it by two and then add 30 ish to it either 32 36 i can't remember but that gives yeah. you yeah that gives you the fahrenheit uh, estimate right so 32 yeah. plus 32 64 degrees it's a really great shortcut if you're ever navigating and trying to figure out you know how to pack or or whatever of like converting it so and other way around of course if you want to do the other the other math yeah just before we start to Portland, uh, I, I, I watched that video because Jim and I, we did a Germany versus USA video on numbers, I, I think. And that also included like the ratio of how to calculate uh, Fahrenheit and Celsius. And um, a friend of mine, when I was I was in Spain last week, um, and they asked me if I could draw, like paint something and draw something. And Jim knows I'm really, really horrible at like painting. They're, like I don't have like 3D vision when I paint or anything. And remember the dog I drew? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and every time someone asks me if I'm uh, how well I can draw, I just show them like the end of that clip where I where you can briefly see how my dog looks like when I like I, I drew a dog and like a little piece of paper there. Oh man! Uh, no, anyway, you, but <laughs> you're you're not gonna make a a second half like uh, be an be an artist. I don't think no that's no, to, no no to happen. Uh, 
No, Portland. Portland was great. I uh, I went out to Portland to see some college buddies. So you know all of them. So we had Johnny No Favors, uh, Hipster Tim, uh, Do Dustin, who is a really close friend of yours and a close friend um, of this project, and then my friend Benton, who actually lives out there. And so we we wanted to do a guys trip, and we were trying to figure out a, a place to. to to go and we originally were planning on going to Mexico. Um, but because of all the uncertainties of travel and everything, we, we decided to go to, go to Portland. And if you're not familiar with Portland, it's, um, it has a reputation of being one of the most radical cities in the United States. And I mean, radical in like the true sense of the word, right? It can be as liberal as you want it to be. It can also be as conservative as you want it to be. Um, it's just, it's a really diverse thinking place. It's not necessarily the most diverse city um, in the United States. It's really not that uh, diverse. Um, but from a from an ideology standpoint, it it can get weird, right? I mean, people say like keep Austin weird. That's like a saying. Like port, like uh, Austin looks like Sunday school compared to uh, to to Portland. Just for for so Portland is the. Oregon, right? So, which is in the very, very north west uh, of the country, right? Yes, yes. So above California, below what is that? Washington State, right? Right, and it's it's often forgot, not forgotten, but you have like San Francisco, which is obviously very famous, and then you have Seattle. In Portland, is like this mix of of both places, right? It, it's smaller. It's One of the reasons we did choose it is because it is, you can navigate Portland so easily and it has an awesome brewery scene. So, mm. you know, that, that was part of the idea on the trip. You can go to all these different breweries, you know, you can walk to all of them. There's even a Mississippi uh, neighborhood, which we, we found funny and we went to, <laughs> and they had some great breweries in there. Um, but, you know, man, it, the sad thing is going out there was because of everything that's happened um, between all the racial tension in the United States and because of COVID over the last 18 months, the city itself is currently not in great shape. So, and not to be a downer, but it's a lot of downtown is boarded up or smashed up. The home, the homeless population has historically been pretty high in Portland um, mm -hmm. because again, with everything said, it's, The climate's pretty normally, I mean, it was really hot, obviously, mm -hmm. when we were there, but normally the climate's pretty okay. So there's, there's a big homeless population out there. There's, but it's gotten so large because of the housing crisis and mental health crisis and all other crises that you can think of here that are currently going on. They, they have homeless camps all through the city and they call them pods, like pods, like all mm -hmm. down the sidewalks and these camps and, It's just unfortunate because the situation seems almost dire. So that was, I mean, that was an eye opener because living here in Nashville. You don't you feel know, that, right? We don't feel that to the extent. We're, we're yeah. still a, we're faint. And I'll say this, like we're a famous city, but we're a small town. Like, and then we're, we're just now getting to the point where we're having more metropolitan issues that Nashville has to face and address, mm -hmm. right? We're not completely you know, clean in any of this, but 
when you get outside of that bubble, you know, it's a boom town here and you get outside to see Portland and, or even like if you go to, have you been to LA recently or even San Diego or, you know, there's other places around that are having real issues, you know, and mm-hmm. real crises that need to be addressed. And it's just kind of a, not eye opening, but it's, it's like, well, like you're, you're living in a bit of a bubble right now. But yeah, with that said, it was great to see see my friends. It was a, a quick trip. We, um, like I said, we didn't do anything. You know, we we, oh, we went, we went to a couple so, breweries and <laughs> arcades. Besides all the historic facts and the technical knowledge you acquired about beer brewing, did you drink a few? <laughs> I, I did. I did. And yes, yeah, so we went to a lot of different breweries, and there's too many to name. Uh, but one of my favorite, if you're ever out in Portland, was Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker had just awesome beer. It's a cool brewery. They have a couple locations, but yeah, it was it was really really cool, and it was also off of Mississippi Avenue, so that was that was <laughs> kind of fun. And then a place we went to before Stormbreaker Brewery was a German Kolsch bar called Prost, and nice. it. It brought me so much joy. Like we didn't, we didn't plan on going there. We just walked by it and saw it. And I was like, oh my God, like we got to stop in here. And it was an actual German like Kolsch bar where you got in, you got the third liters, you get a Kolsch and they would just keep bringing it out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, this is so great. And because (laughs) also it was so hot. It was so refreshing. Do you like the the coach? Because in Germany, the coach is like uh, people from Cologne, of course. You know that's where it comes from. Coach are like, I mean, it's and any anyone outside is like, nah, nah, one or two is fine. But then to many, it's a little, you know, uh, it's very drinkable, right? Yeah. Oh man, I I personally do like it. Now you gotta think, being American and used to not drinking great beer before, yeah. The- the latest, <laughs> latest surge here the past like 10 years, but it is because it's such a hot day, such a light beer. And I love the concept, just the concept of going in, having a few different options. They, they know you're there to hang out with your friends. Even the tables had like, uh, uh what's the German word? Uh, Stomptisch. Like they had yeah. the, yeah. And so like they had locals like with their tables and reserve Come seats eat, and eat, everything. Eat, 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 yeah. yeah. And, um, and so you go there and you know you're just going to drink a few pints uh, with with friends, right? And it's a simple concept. So I love it. Um, but I can understand if you're in Germany and you have like your own, you know, your oh, own yeah. I mean, beer or whatever. But yeah. I, 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 I don't mind like a coach. I drink coach. Like, uh, but I agree. Like if I can only have like a couple of them, then I'm kind of like, uh, and then, then it's fine. Then I drink something else. But they are, uh, they're good. They're good. And it also like comes with like the col- people from Cologne are kind of like known for being like very social, like the Rheinländer and the people living along the Rhine, especially from Cologne and Düsseldorf, even though those two cities don't like to be mentioned. Compared. The <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, they like to be compared, but they don't like to be put into one pot, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a rivalry going on. But yeah, they're, they're like uh, Kölsch and people who drink Kölsch and from Cologne are like known to be the most social uh, people so that kind of fits in with you guys hanging out there and the gathering and uh, yeah that, that all makes sense now in some american movies and scenes you will see like that people in their off working in their offices like at their desk they will have just like these huge like glasses of like i don't know ibuprofen vitamins whatever in there and and then you know they just gobble them like tic-tac they just <laughs> like oh, just 
grab one. Just like. And so um, in German, everyone's like, oh, shit. I mean, and of course, um, there's. it's probably not the healthiest thing to eat that many ibuprofen, but also needs to be taken into account. The doses is often like a lot less. The doses are so much lower. I'll never forget. I had like either. I don't remember. I think it might have been. I had exited a cab at high speed and I was pretty <laughs> sore. There's there's a story behind that. Um, <laughs> I wound up wandering a little bit, but the uh, I was you know pretty beat up. And I was like, I need like some ibuprofen. And you were like, okay. So we went to a pharmacy <laughs> and you got me some like German grade ibuprofen. And I took one and I was like, oh my God, my whole body feels amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what is this? And you're like, it's, it's the same thing. And then we were looking at the doses and it was way stronger. I ended up buying like like four or five boxes. Do you remember this? And yeah. I had I had I had them forever because here we do I mean if you have a problem America probably has a pill for it and we do have a little bit of a, a pill culture that's not good. It's a really bad thing, but over the counter medicine like ibuprofen, Aleve, aspirin, sinus medicine, whatever. It's it's so commonplace. The thing that you and I were talking about offline is we also have IV bars, which is something I think was a bit strange to you, right? Yeah. So um, uh, IV is, I need to think of the German translation for a second, is an uh, infusion. Bekommen. So you, it's kind of funny to get an infusion, which is <laughs> <laughs> also one of those false friends, right? <laughs> um, so you get an infusion. Or an IV, you get an IV, and so there's IV menus. So you can actually, <laughs> and this is perhaps, well, first of all, let's take a step back. There's IV centers or like IV shops, or what are they called? Yeah. I mean, they're just, I think, IV shops, I guess. I don't know what the the correct term would be. A lot of times, if you look at, you can type in like hangover, IV hangover, or mm -hmm. IV whatever, vitamin shops, right? I mean, vitamin shops would probably be the most common phrase because a lot of times they also sell other supplements. But here in the States, and I, I don't think there's a lot of regulation. I mean, there's some, but you can go in and you, in most states, again, everything's a little different per state, but in Tennessee, you can go in and say, hey, I want an IV. And mm -hmm. IV can just be for hydration. It can be a... And then, and then there's a menu, right? Right. And there's a menu, right? And so you can say, I need an IV because I'm hungover, or I'm sick or, or whatever, and I just need to get hydrated. And then they were like, well, would you like vitamin C with that? Would you like B12 with that? Would you like this? Would you like that? And you can get zinc or whatever. <laughs> so you can just pick anything you want and you may yeah i, I just always look at it because i'm like i don't know if i need zinc or not right <laughs> I, I, what is zinc i have no idea i'll take it it's only ten dollars yeah sounds good uh, <laughs> throw it in there and, yeah and so a lot of times people will go in after a big like weekend of drinking get one of these ivs and that is where alex i will tell you that is a rookie mistake because you it should do it before for your big weekend of drinking you can get one after and that will that will get you back where you need to be but doing it <laughs> I, I was before <laughs> is that is 
that is where it, where it's at. I was really hoping you would say, you know, the entire thing is just not right, and you probably do that to your body. I was hoping for that kind of twist, like that you were working to that. And then it's like, no, what you should do is take it before. Then it really helps. <laughs> yeah, before and after, and just <laughs> whenever you have a minute. <laughs> but yeah, you and even like at festivals and like I was at South by Southwest a few years ago and they had like IV stations so you could go in and just get like mm -hmm. a quick a quick IV and you know get back on your day. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I I, <laughs> I guess in a serious note, I can't recommend that you do this because I have no idea the consequences. But I have done it a few times uh, just for. For hydration and then also mm -hmm. uh if i have a work trip and i know like so before the pandemic i may fly to two or three different cities in a week right mm -hmm. for different different uh meetings and that just runs you down and so i would sometimes get an iv beforehand just and i don't add any of the vitamins or anything it was just strictly yeah, to yeah. be to, to be hydrated and it will help prevent you catching like the common cold or for being run down. So that's how I, I found it. <laughs> and then you can also do it if you've had one or too many uh, beers yeah, uh, with their friends. I remember when back in, it's probably like more than 10 years ago now. Yeah, 10, 12 years ago, that there was a truck in Las Vegas where you could basically, it was like a mobile truck that would stop at certain places and like at the different hotels, I think, the big, big hotels in Las Vegas on the Strip. And uh, they would like advertise, hey, the truck is going to be here at that time on that day or whatever. And then you could get your infusion. But um, so that was still like, I guess, the early days. And now the business model is, has gotten to the point where they can afford like proper rental centers and like, I guess, like real shops. And I was, I'm just looking at like a, like a menu here. You can get, you can get caffeine, multivitamin, B12, uh, zinc, caffeine. <laughs> caffeine like, oh, oh my god no <laughs> oh man there's the hangover no. there's the hangover plus well i mean and those are expensive like the hangover is a hundred dollars oh yeah you can i mean it can get it can get pricey um because what they do is they offer you like a baseline of get an iv for fifty dollars you're like ah okay and it's like oh for ten dollars here or five dollars this this that would you like some oxygen that's the other thing would you like some oxygen while you're like getting your iv <laughs> like, god you, you don't get that for free <laughs> it, yeah so okay cool okay you get to pick out what color mask mm, and tubes mm. would you want oh yeah i want the neon green please yeah that's uh <laughs> let me have that no. uh, you know the other thing you can get at some of these places is a rapid covid test uh which is random to me but i actually did that because mm -hmm. we were, we needed, we needed rapid testing um, to for for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah same and here. So yeah. we, and so we were just like, all right, let's just go like rapid testing spot <laughs> pulled up. So my wife and I like went. Like, we were going into like Midtown, so you know, like the area like the Mombrian um, in mm -hmm. Nashville. So that's like where the, it used to be, where like the younger like post college age, but not quite as old as us, like crowd would hang. And so we were like driving through the area looking for this place. And then like, the GPS kept wanting us to like go back to like this alley. And like, ah, that doesn't seem right. But you know, fine, I'll just find a parking spot. And we'll call them. So we go to this alley. And like, it just like, we're now in an alley parked. And so I called the number. 
And they're like, no, you're in the right place. Am I? Am I about to get? Am I about to get mugged? Like, do I need to like, you know, you know, cock back my thirty eight and to see like what's about to happen? And uh, and then this this woman comes out dressed like a nurse comes out and you know wearing all the the like protective gear and everything yeah. and she's like okay like I'm, I'm like is this the location and she's like oh yeah we're like in the you know iv bar sidebar and we just we direct people back to this alley to, to do the oh from the car i guess huh? <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it felt real sketch because like you're yeah. just back there with like the dumpsters and everything Dude, like, like the, okay uh, i mean these rapid test centers like they uh, they opened up here like in hamburg we have like hundreds of literally hundreds um, and they open up in like the most sketchiest places. There's one <laughs> that used to be, I mean, that's not a, ske a sketchy place per se, but that particular one was a little sketchy, uh, like a hookah bar, you know, where you could smoke like these water pipes. Yeah. Um, and so they turned that into like a, like a COVID rapid test center, just ripped everything out. And the thing is, but they kept the staff. So it was like the same dudes would give you hookahs, would serve you hookahs. They would now like do like, I mean, they didn't do like the, the swap. They wouldn't do that. But like at the little reception desk that they kind of like built on, I don't know what they use, but it's not very stable. It was the same dudes that, that, that I know have seen there before and just, you know, giving out hookahs to different people. So um, yeah, that's kind of fun. You're listening to GVU. Alex and Jim will be right back. Alex, one thing that I've been thinking about is, you know, everything in the news right now between our withdrawal of Afghanistan and how that's unfolding and, and how horrible and upsetting it is, the length of, of that engagement. I mean, you and I didn't even know one another when we first entered Afghanistan. And and we were super young at this point as well. Like, I mean, I were like 14, 15 or whatever. We didn't, I mean, at that point, I didn't really know what that meant, right? It's a lot to wrap your your brain around right because of i mean yeah start, yeah i mean if and if we look at it chronologically perhaps like at 9-11 what the call was the cause for that right 9-11 was caused the afghanistan yeah. war because the uh nato u.s government and the nato forces decided to go after al-qaeda right um and to find the terrorists who were responsible for that attack and that caused an entire other like tale of things that happened right you know ending with biden now pulling out uh uh, out of Afghanistan 20 years later. It's something where you think back of like the American conflict in Vietnam of those images that you see of, of the helicopters leaving our embassy to us pushing helicopters off of warships because we needed more space for people to now conflict of yeah. us evacuating people, the, the people clinging on to the planes. I mean, is, this is something that's going to be with you or with our generation for the rest of our lives, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't have anything smart to say yeah. about the, the conflict, but I, I do hope that from a just pure humanitarian standpoint that we as humans, not we as Americans or we as Germans, we as humans do the right thing that we can for the refugees and the people who are left behind in Afghanistan. And it's not, it's the very least we can do after how bad things are. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. And if you're if you were to take a step back, anyone in the world, I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, if there's like a if there's like a, a due that needs to be paid or anything, of course, then perhaps even more. But if you think about it, anyone who's has to live under these like terrible circumstances deserves uh, asylum up to a certain point, right? Because I mean, that's not that that's not human. Um, uh, but I mean, that's a, that's a deeper topic. But yeah, as you said, I think, don't think there's anything crazy smart to say about Afghanistan. Um, uh, we feel sorry and uh, we hope as many people as possible, you know, who want to get out of there, get out of there safe and can go on with, the li with their life as they plan to. Getting back from nation building, Jim, I got a letter with a notice. What do you think Ooh. it could be? Well, if you were in America... A letter with a notice would probably mean you either owe somebody some money or you're about to get sued. <laughs> or, well, or your significant <laughs> other <laughs> is leaving you a special note. No. Those are those are usually the three. <laughs> I'm not even sure what like the proper translation is of like, I mean, because letter with a notice, um, it's my election notification, basically. My So we have an election coming up in Germany federal election in two weeks in two weeks yes oh my god it so much has been going on here i i have not even seen anything on that i can't believe it's so close i know so basically the next episode uh we're going to publish the next episode the, the september 19th that's when the next election uh when the election takes place um, so, so what is what is your your letter is it a reminder of how to vote or is it a how to vote in covid times or Tell me, tell me about this letter. Tell me, well, what, is, what does this letter mean, Alex? It, it, it means here you are eligible to take part at the election. Well, I got two letters, to be honest. I got one letter just a week. Well, no, actually three days ago, four days ago, um, telling me, hey, you can vote, right? This would be the place you, it's like the elementary school here around the corner where you would, you know, you mm -hmm. get like the little uh, um, voting card that you need to take with you and your um, uh, like ID and then you can vote. Or if you want to want to vote via um, mail, you just got to, I had to scan a QR code, enter a couple information. And then this was the letter that I got like today in, in, in the mailbox. Um all the basically everything I need to vote. So you know, like the list of like parties and uh, an envelope that I need to put in a certain way um, that I sent back, and then I have voted basically. So I decided to do like uh, the letter thing instead of going in because just yeah. So you're going to do in, in I guess a, in a way like an absentee ballot. Yeah, you're going that's what it is. Yeah, absentee ballot. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yep. So you're going to to mail it. I wonder how many Germans will actually opt. For that option, a lot right? this, this year, a lot. Well, they're expecting lot? like the, they're expecting like the highest numbers ever because yeah. Again, to me, it wasn't even. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, I'm vaccinated. Like most people around here are vaccinated. It is pretty fine to go into like a, you know, like to go like into a school. Um, usually, there's not that many people waiting. And the likeliness, you know, of like, I mean, I stepped foot into a plane a couple of weeks ago, right? So why wouldn't I walk into like one of those? Um, election like offices or or elementary school for that matter, um, but for some reason I just felt like doing the absentee ballot felt, felt just felt more normal. I don't know, so I applied. I can't wait. Well, one your election, we don't have to get into it. Your election is going to be interesting, but when you do get all the the post election 
data, I, I would be really interested to see the demographic breakdown of who chose absentee versus who went in. Because like a my immediate like assumptive thought is I bet people 45 in under were maybe 80% absentee and whereas like you know 50 and up were maybe only like 30% or something like I can I can I'm already like thinking through, but who knows right <laughs> well you they know just that's a QR code no they don't they don't need to but that's just one way to get to but you're right I mean if you if you look at the American election right I mean people expected it to have an effect that you know Democratic voters, probably rather younger, more urban, right, uh, would probably also use absentee ballot because at that point, you know, COVID was like raging, right? I mean, it's raging again, but mm -hmm. it was intensely raging back then. But I was still surprised by how much of an effect it was in the States, right? And also, I mean, that has to do with like the timing and, you know, when, when those mm -hmm. were counted. And I, I'm, I'm thinking, hopefully not that long, because in Germany, usually it just takes a couple, uh, a couple hours. But we'll also have that kind of effect, I guess, where, you know, more absentee, absentee ballot, absentee ballots is the right term, right? <laughs> it's a difficult word. Yes. Um, yep. Are counted towards the night and will shift, uh, will shift a little bit. And I'm also, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with Germany because you are a much more progressive country uh, for the most part of, I wonder, a few years down the road, will you still have that option even if things are okay? Because like, if you've seen what's going on here, Actually, voting rights are becoming more restrictive as the GOP tries to mm -hmm. hang on to power. You know, they're they're trying to bring back as many Jim Crow-esque laws as they mm -hmm. can. Where so it's you would think we would embrace technology and <laughs> embrace a more efficient way of doing things. We're actually not. But I wonder with like Germany and other countries if if you would, because I mean, in a lot of ways, your your voting system was pretty dated. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting how that plays. Yeah, we never had like machines or anything like that that you guys had or these punch thingies. Yeah, we never. It's just the good old pen and a cross, and you either go to the place or you send it via uh, via mail. I mean, the the mail thing has possible forever, of course. I'm. It's going to be an interesting, as you said, going to be an interesting uh, selection. There's like three parties that are within like five to seven percent close to one another. And it's so interesting if you look at like the surveys that they take, that they take. I, just briefly, I heard like an, an article or like a podcast about uh, the, the methodology of these like political surveys, um, you know, where they say, hey, which party would you want or whatever. And their issue is that once they've published one of their surveys, what, you know, how, you know, popular a certain party is, it's already invalidated, invalidated because the effect of the publishing of their survey has, right? Uh, yeah, it's that changed, makes sense. It changed so much that like people, people are so like flingy or, you know, they are changed their opinion so fast that, uh, you know, whereas like 30, 40 years ago, you know, people would usually stick to one party for the rest, you know, for their entire life. And now, you know, just the publishing of that surveys has such an effect that they're like, Ugh, we already need to make a new survey, which had the same effect again. And so I just thought that was kind of interesting. And you can kind of tell in the recent years of the surveys before the elections, they sucked. I mean, they were so, so often so far away from the from what actually happened then. So um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Let's keep it at that. Alex, to end on a very happy note, there is some potential news that, that we can share with a trip. <laughs> with a baby. No. <laughs> no, no. With a trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, Jim and I, we are um, planning with our significant others uh, to meet up in uh, in Europe sometime next year in the fall, in the spring, right? We don't know the details yet because it's so difficult at this point to see if it's possible or what the conditions are. But um, we're roughly planning, right? We we do know for certain that there is an English speaking translator and a Mercedes involved. <laughs> well, someone will be picked up by an English speaking chauffeur with a Mercedes Benz, so that's for sure at an airport. <laughs> we know we know those details are firm. Thanks, Bernadette. The best part, yeah. <laughs> airport, yeah. You pick it. <laughs> Uh, well, down the road, if you listen to it, we might reveal what that man means. But, <laughs> yeah, that's it for today, right? It is. Y'all take it easy. Enjoy. If you're on this side of the ocean, enjoy your, your Labor Day. And until next time. Auf Wiedersehen. Tschüss. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Uh, wow, that topic sucks.